0: This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information.
1: Three Peeps in the podcast. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. My name is Patch and with me as always is Matt. Um, in the bleak mid, not quite winter in snowy Sheffield, we negotiated the snow and ice to watch a bitterly disappointing item for our boys in purple and lime. After showing signs of promise and improvements against Blackburn and Stoke City, once again, we seem bereft of ideas, quality and organisation. It seems clear to me that Joe Williams is a big miss for us. And with him out injured again, a big improvement is needed for a basement battle against Derby on Saturday. Matt, superb driving through the icy Yorkshire Plains coming out of Sheffield. So uh, hats off to you for that. But uh, your your thoughts on uh, on the performance in general yesterday?
0: Yeah. Firstly, it's a, a thank you to uh, Hey Mercedes who uh, who got us through the uh, <laughs> the snow and ice. Although not that I was particularly impressed with uh, my new car, having to go down some of those streets we were going down. But yeah, yeah it, your, your um, anti
2: lock braking system came into play it, it, a few it times. Did,
0: it did, didn't it? Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> your your your, uh, your general it, it, it thoughts yesterday? Yeah, on yesterday. Um, I thought it was rubbish. Uh, I I sort of said afterwards, didn't I? For for me, it was a new low. Um, It it felt worse than Coventry. Um, I thought we were a team that showed all the commitment on Wednesday and saw very little of that yesterday. We were running, for me, with no real purpose. The quality on the ball was shocking. Um, And it was summed up by three absolutely mindless, needless bookings from experienced players. And... When your experienced players are sort of acting like that, you know, what, what sort of examples that setting? So, yeah, I, I was really disappointed and, and a, a fabulous away following a game in dreadful conditions, having to leave at stupid o'clock, um, and they got no reward whatsoever for it. So it was, yeah, a, a new low for me yesterday.
2: Well, I'll focus on uh, one of the positives, and that was the night out I had in Sheffield the night before, um, which was fantastic. <laughs> uh, went to the Christmas market, the Alpine ski lounge uh, was was lovely. And uh, yeah, we found a great bar with music and it felt like, uh, felt like old time. So uh, a good night was had uh, by me and uh, my mate Paul. Um, so that's a positive and we got to hang on to these things. So um, Lee's three words were lost for words. Um, so very thanks. <laughs> great thanks to Lee for those. Um, we'll bring in our guest at this point, And that is James Pearcy, the sports editor for Bristol Live. James, you, ha- you had a good weekend by the football?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it was, yeah, but that was that was such the sort of the uh, underlining part of the weekend, wasn't it? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I will say, what I will say, because um, I've never been to Bramall Lane before, um, I've, I was quite taken by Bramall Lane. It was uh, sort of one of those stadiums which had a nice um, sort of modern feel to it, but also yeah. felt quite traditional as well. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a sort of fantastically historic club club anyway. But it was it was a bit of a pleasure to. I know no one probably wants to hear this, but it was a sort of a pleasure to set foot in Bramwell Lane. I thought it was just a really sort of nice ground ground yeah. to go to. Um, and everyone up in Sheffield is always sort of friendly and all that. So yeah,
2: no echo okay that.
1: I'm, I'm clutching at st- straws a bit in terms yeah. of positives. <laughs> yeah, um, no echo okay that. The trains ran on time. So and through the snow. So credit to the to the networks for that. But <laughs> yeah, the 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 hundred and however many minutes that were played um weren't great yeah to, we'll i mean we'll we'll we'll, we'll you know we'll expand digest, on that yeah, in a yeah. bit. we will yeah. we
2: will um just before we get into the football um james just just explain to us obviously gregor departed around a month ago um is there a new gregor uh in involved with reporting on bristol city what's the current sort of structure for bristol life
1: well, perhaps there'll only there'll only ever be one Gregor. <laughs> yes.
2: Okay, Very so true. I
1: can't I can't say there'll be a new Gregor. Um, no, it's it's just a, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fairly sort of straightforward um, explanation, really. Um, yeah, basically, basically, Gregor um, left left the company at the end end of October, um, and I've sort of I mean, I've I've been sort of report doing City off and on because I have to do the other lot as well sometimes um, of which their name shan't be spoken for this <laughs> for these purposes. Uh, but no, so I've been doing sort of city off and on and, you know, I, 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 yeah, I've just basically covered it. Um, mm-hmm. We are in the process of, of recruiting a new city uh, reporter, which hopefully will be in place by the end of the year. Um, so that's pretty much the, the, the situation as it is. Um, okay. It's just a case with sort of Gregor leaving and I was, capable of stepping in that there was there's been no great rush um right. yeah it's just it, it's it'll be yeah hopefully by the end of the year I perfect would
2: say. excellent thanks for, thanks for clearing that one up um okay let's get into the lineup then matt it was it was three five two we stick with the same formation which continuity is good coming off the back of two g- good performances um but one change obviously a big one um, you know, with, with Williams coming out of the starting lineup and Masengo coming in, but yep. you know, we, we've we've been praising Masengo on this podcast all season, pretty much, and would hope that he could come in and do a similar job, although not maybe the leadership qualities and uh, etc. of Joe Williams.
0: Yeah, for, firstly, blow Joe Williams. Um, being out again in, and Nigel said before the game that it was likely to be for a few weeks, so that, that's a big blow, albeit it's a, it's a different injury, which I suppose is a, is a blessing in that regard. Um, and I, I don't know that we had any other choices. I mean, Masengo is always going to be in kind of our starting lineup anyway, I think, um, although he's, his form has dropped of late. Um, but I was worried beforehand, knowing that Sheffield United had two. Experienced quality championship midfielders in Oliver Norwood and Conor Hourihan. And um, I said to, to Paul before the game, for, for me, I would have had Han Noah sitting deep um, and letting Tyreek do what he's been doing of late. Um, but I just think we, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the game. But that was the, just a key battle that we ended up losing. Um, mm-hmm. But as I say, in, in fairness to Nigel Pearson, I'm not sure what other options. He's really got with Matty James, Andy King out injured. Um, you know what? What are the midfielders have we got that can go in there?
2: James, I haven't done the maths, but I think that's got to be our youngest midfield we've ever put out with Scott Benarus, into Masengo, and Callum was obviously a little bit older, but uh, it's not a lot of experience in there. Um, what are your thoughts on how we set up up at Sheffield United?
1: Yeah, I was tw- twenty-one. Average age across Thank the you. board is marginally older than the midfield that finished the game against Stoke with Campering on the tucked on the left. Um, but yeah, Callum obviously twenty-six, being the the senior partner. I mean, as 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 Math said, it, it's it's it, it's it's hard to see what else he could have done. I mean, with sort of thinking about it, the only other option that could have been in midfield, and you know, that's maintaining the system that. I think we should say prove successful against Blackburn and Stoke. I mean, you can, you can, you can make arguments, got away with one against Stoke and, and and blah, blah, blah. And I do understand that. But when you win a game with the system, surely the the, 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 the indication is you then keep that, especially as Sheffield United sort of lined up in a similar, similar setup with three at the back. Um, although obviously that McGoldrick and Gibbs white were a bit more kind of just everywhere, really. Um, but, with the exception of putting Zach Viner in defensive midfield, I'm not really sure what else that could that could have, that could have been done. And, and and Nigel's big sort of problem after the game was that he never expected this to be. And and City aren't a possession based team. We know that the statistics bear that out. Just from they're just not a team that are going to seize control of possession and dictate at the moment. At the moment, that may change, but at the moment they're not. Uh, I think that I haven't seen yet, but they're sort of, they're in the bottom four or five teams in the championship for that. Yeah. Um, so that's never going to happen. So adding Zach into that, okay, maybe you you do bring a bit of extra defensive quality. And then of course you've got Rob Atkinson to tuck in the defence. But 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 um Nigel's big problem after the game was how poorly they used the ball when they did have the ball. Uh so they were and again you know, not wanting to sort of hammer individuals too much. But there were certain in- instances when Han Noah had the ball and it was quickly it was quickly conceded. When Tyreek had the ball, it was either the wrong pass was made and the sort of momentum lost. There was an incident in the first half where it got worked out to him and he had Alex Scott on an overlap. He had Completely Andy yeah making a little run inside. He might have been offside, he might have been offside, but making a little run inside... And Tyreek's only thought was to have a go and it got yeah. deflected and went well over the bar. Now, it's not knocking in for the shot necessarily, but there, there always seemed options on for players that weren't always taken. Now, in, they're in mitigation. You've got people like Hurrahan, um, Oliver Norwood buzzing around your ankle. So that affects your decision making and the decision making was a problem. Um, but to go back to the overriding point, this is the situation the City squad are in. He can, these are the only players he can pick in midfield, yeah. obviously there are other options in attack, which yeah. could perhaps influence, could they have gone 4-3-3, bought Antoine in, you know, it's, it's all it's all hindsight stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I don't yeah. think the change in, I think when the team sheet came out and the system was how it was, I don't think anyone really could have complained on the back of no. the, the winner. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a good
2: point around the midfield, you know, you've got uh, three big players out in Matty James, Joe Williams, and Andy King. Um, You know, King and James, two players that Pearson brought in to shore things up and bring a bit of maturity um, and experience to the team. Uh, So, yeah, point point well made. Um, Let's get into the minutes then. I I went for a slightly different approach with the minutes um, on on this occasion. I've gone in blocks of 10. So let's see how that goes. Yeah, so it basically meant every 10 minutes I was making notes rather than every couple of minutes. (laughs) So I managed to watch some of the game. So first 10 minutes, Sheffield uh, United looking dangerous, City looking nervous, Viner getting pulled about, Backinson wasteful in possession, um, and we win a corner, Matt, and it's wasted. That was the the shining light of the first ten minutes for us. Was we want we won a corner, um, and the delivery wasn't great.
0: Yeah, and I, I can't remember. I'm assuming it was Alex Scott, but we we referenced, it, didn't we, on the, the trip back? Um, Alex, whose dead ball delivery has been pretty decent this season, he had a really off day yesterday. Um, and it goes it goes back to something I said a couple of weeks back when Matty James was taking everything. We don't vary it. You know, we we seem to have the same one player take all of those dead ball situations. So, you know, the fact he he was off form as well, you just thought, well, we'll give it to someone else. Let someone else swing one in and see what happens. So um, you're right. And, you know, as as James said, it's not about digging individuals out, but we're not a possession-based team because we can't look after the ball, um, but simply can't look after the ball. And, and, you know, I've I've wrote about it in in my fans column, but it's something I've talked about, even under Lee Johnson, we just don't seem to coach that kind of element to it, which is somewhat of a surprise because when you've seen them train, they seem to do a lot of those kind of small-sided drills where it is about possession and you know when you watch them on the wall. But when we're in a game, we just give it away so cheaply. And and I think I shouted a number of times yesterday, we, we didn't seem to string three passes together right across the team, um, whether that was going up front to Martin and it coming back or, or in the midfield. Um, so, that, yeah, there, there really wasn't much to sing about, was there, in the, the, the mm. opening 10 minutes. And we looked second best against a team that haven't really been performing that well. I mean, we had a couple of comments from Sheffield United fans saying to us, you know, we'll have a lot of the ball, we won't do anything with it, you'll score a goal in, and that would be how it was. Well, it, it wasn't that. I, I I thought it was a 2-0 battering. Mm.
2: I can confirm that Matt has got the loudest voice on the terraces. <laughs> um, I might have to take some ear muffs next time. Um 10 to 20, so more of the same we go forward and it seems to come straight back. It's not being held up. Brewster goes through the back of Masengo. Um, I think he got away with that one and that caused a bit of a stir. Uh, Baker slices a clearance and it almost goes past Bentley, but it went over the top. Backinson gets a shot away, but is leaning back. I think, James, that's what you, the one you were talking about, but he's always leaning back and he's always going over. But again, we can't knock, knock them getting a shot in. Um, that one goes for a corner. This corner is decent, a decent delivery and a Martin header is well saved James so that's 10 to 20
1: yeah the Bentley one I think that's when he was booked wasn't it because uh, he sliced it he tried to keep it in system flagged and then he Bombed it downfield and was but which I thought was a little harsh. If I'm being honest, it was a, it was a frustrating one, but was a little bit harsh. Um, yeah, it, 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 it just the first twenty minutes where there was a real sort of sense of foreboding. It was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Uh, but the one thing, and you, you mentioned speaking to the the Blaze fans, Matt. I don't know about you, but did you think the atmosphere was very subdued at the start of the game? Definitely,
0: yeah, hundred percent, and and I think because of the fact they they dropped out, I, I'm not sure the the general vibe about Heckenbottom's appointment and on a, no. a four year deal, how that went. So they sort of announced that
2: at the start, and there wasn't like a yeah. rapturous applause no. for for what, a crowd M- of twenty five thousand as well.
0: Yeah, which we debated, then when we didn't yeah. think it was a twenty five, but <laughs> I think like more so, more so for McCall and Jack Lester because they're they're two popular Blades players. Um, but yeah, I, I agree completely, James. I thought it was, it was another example of it was an opportunity. Had we gone out from the off, and you know really got the crowd on the Sheffield United sort of team's back, it might have been a different story. But we just didn't. We just didn't get going at all.
2: Yeah, it was a good opportunity yeah. though. And, and Martin, can he direct his header better, James? Um, it's it's a good connection. It's a good header, and the keeper saves it. But it's it is at the keeper.
1: Yeah, I'm loathed. I'm always loathed to criticize professional footballers finishing given my proficiency in front of goal <laughs> throughout my uh, career open quote. So finishing I'm not. But yeah, it it was it I mean when you look at it in a wider sense as well over the course of the night it actually was a really good chance. Yeah. And in the context of the game as you've alluded to there, if they if that goes in maybe the whole complexion of the game changed because I don't want to sort of spoiler alert, but I actually felt the next bit you're going to talk about, 20 to 30, we then get into, well, hang on, it's slightly changing, it's slightly changing, and there was an opportunity there for City to take advantage, which obviously they didn't, Um, but that sort of midpoint of the first half, it could have have gone a bit differently because they kind of weathered that early storm, Mm. which wasn't actually that bad by a few bits and pieces and runners getting beyond um, wing backs and things like that. And you just saw all of a sudden, well, hang on, Sheffield, United got some really good players there. Uh, But they kind of got through that. And then I felt it was maybe starting to build the Martin chance. And then they got a few, I do actually think Matt, when you said about three passes, there was a, there was a move on halfway where they went sort of right to left, back to right, back to Scott. And then it kind of broke down a bit. But that was encouraging. It was these little kind of moments you thought, well, maybe they can build on that. And then they didn't.
2: Can you just say weathered the storm again?
1: Weathered the storm.
2: That's a fantastic segue. Uh, 20 to 30. (laughs) Snow is getting very heavy now. Uh, Viner overpowered by McGoldrick. Luckily, his header is poor. Calamo Dowder and Bentley both booked for petulance, kicking the ball away. Um, and a couple of corners in in that ten minute spell, Matt, that came to nothing. So uh, yeah, creating uh, advancements, but getting opportunities and not taking the best of them.
0: Yeah, and and again, you know, I don't I don't want to be critical of Alex, but his dead ball, as I said, is, is normally pretty good, but again it's another thing with our corners we never seem we seem to play all these teams that the ball goes under the bar and Bentley's crowded out and has to come in scramble a punch away for ours we either over hit it or as a catch for the keeper or as easily cleared and again you know, it comes comes back to, to what we're coaching and what we're doing but um, you know, you referenced McGoldrick there he's, he's a player that when he was at Ipswich was kind of let go um, and I, there was even talk of us being in for him at one stage and um, but he's such an intelligent footballer. He's is very very good on the ball, brings the ball under control. But for me, the difference between him and he must be a similar age to Chris Martin. I don't know how old he is. I know he's had a couple of, sort of bad injuries, but his movement and his clever sort of running belied his age. You know, he he looked a really decent striker, and he was causing Alex Scott all sorts of problems. I mean, that Alex Scott looked like a number ten youngster playing in a, a completely unfamiliar role yesterday. I thought.
2: Thirty to forty, Masengo again pulled back by Brewster, but he got booked on this occasion. <laughs> New balls, please. The yellow ball is introduced to a to a bit of a rapturous round of applause. Uh, so that was um, interesting to see. Uh, City clearing the ball but no outlet and it's coming straight back i mean that's exactly what i said in the first 10 minutes and the, and the, yeah. and then the second 20 minutes the ball wasn't getting held up um there was no outlet when we had an opportunity to go forward just a ball over the top for viman to run onto it just didn't seem to come if it if it was kicked up the field it was an easy clearance for the for the defense so um yeah not not a great 30 to 40 minutes james to be fair
1: yeah, well, the, the yellow ball kind of energised everybody, didn't it? It was like, oh, this exciting moment. Here. Things are I'm, getting serious now. Yeah, I think the, the best, the best sort of outlet for them, as as proved the case against Stoke, and in, in part, certainly the first half against Blackburn, was that Baker. When when, when it, it gets played out to Baker, he has a bit of space to run into, and then he, he allows himself a sort of a curling pass over the top of Bogle into yeah. O'Dowder and he tried it a couple of times. There was one that O'Dowda got the wrong side of Bogle, but I think if I remember it was just a little bit over hit or he didn't quite gather it. Um so that looked the best option. Um but but on just on Chris Martin and the sort of McGoldrick comparison, not one to sort of but they are they are kind of different players. I mean McGoldrick yeah no is much yeah. deeper Playing wide, he's more mobile, more athletic. And dare I say it, Chris Martin, as I've sort of written quite a few times, he's yeah. effectively playing a role which isn't his, isn't his natural role and doesn't get the best out of him. Um, and I do, it's really hard every week when I do player ratings for Chris Martin because it's like he's trying his absolute but, hardest. But what is he's...
0: his natural role though, James? Because well, I he, think, I he think, he's a number nine, and I think he's always played that type of role, even
1: in Norwich and. But he's a, he's almost like a touch player. He's almost like a touch player, so he yeah. needs it to feet, and he needs someone to play off. And because Andy is a bit more, Andy's always on the shoulder. He's sort of on the shoulders, buzzing round. I mean, he's he's kind of everywhere and everywhere and nowhere sometimes.
2: He's being played but, as a target man, Chris Martin, but he's not. He's not actually even six foot, is he?
1: That's what but, I mean. And but and, and, and the there
2: are
0: two le- types of number nine, though, aren't there? And you're you're right, James. Sorry, talking to you. You're absolutely right. He needs the ball into his feet. As a target man, that's going to hold it and play it. McAldrick was doing that yesterday for them, and admittedly, he was going wide for it. The thing for me with Martin is, we play it in the air to him. You're referencing it. Why aren't the coaching saying to their guys, "There's no point in us going like that. Try and get it into the midfield and into his feet. That's where we do the damage." And that's the bit for me. We we absolutely completely agree to 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 play him as a famara or a. Matt Smith, who someone phoned on Radio Bristol last night, saying we ought to sign Matt Smith, didn't they? But um, is ridiculous, and that's why it, I find it completely frustrating that our coaching team are dictating that's the way we should play. So I'm I'm, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. He's that's not his style as a, a a tall number nine winning flick-ons. Although actually he does win a fair percentage, does not he, In fairness
1: to him, mm. um, yeah, he got dominant. He got that. I thought Bastion was very good for Sheffield United, didn't he? Is that, um, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he he sort of got he got the best out of got the best out of my but yeah it's yeah. but it's balls it's balls in the air or it's balls into space and like watching watching Chris Martin like run on to you you're willing him you're willing him you're yeah willing absolutely him, he's yeah. he's just not getting there no. and unfortunately in a way that's that's exposing him to to, to stuff in the stands which yeah. I understand why fans are shouting at him but it's it's unfair in a way oh, because he's having to do a job that he, he's not really got the attributes to do to the level of say from Aria, you reference. Mm, yeah. So it, it's it's a mad one in, in in that regard, and but 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 it's how Nigel wants to play, and and in a, they just got to get through it, and then possibly in January an addition. But you know, signing a striker in January is tough. Exactly. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. It's a tough An, thing
2: to a, do. Another good segue um, there, James. Just got to get through it because that's what we tried to do to get to half-time. Um There was a lucky let-off. Uh, there was a shot from the edge that was, was deflected, but Baker dealt with that one. Viman uh, to Martin, and he is ridiculously caught offside. There was a good... Chance to break and Wyman, you know, passes to Martin, who's clearly in offside, offside position. He's probably better off just going by himself. Uh, Martin booked for kicking the ball away. That's the third city player in the matter of you know 20 minutes that gets booked. Shefford United break and City's first half luck runs out. At one point in that attack, there were five city players, which, if you've got a very large Super King Duvet. You could mm. throw it over all of them at the same time. and yeah, that was so frustrating to see. Uh, Brewster gets the ball and he he is basically turning and shooting. Callas does try and get the slide in, but unfortunately, um yeah, unfortunately for us, he doesn't block it. Uh, backinson continuing to try try worldly passes and none of them are coming off. Calum kicks the ball out when a player goes down. Now, I, I thought the rules were you play on until the referee stopped it. I don't like to see that. We're not, we're not. Well, I don't know what the term is, Matt.
0: That we're not, uh, you know, naughty enough or whatever the word is. Pro, well, pro- professional, yeah, you know, that nasty streak. But you, you're right, that is the rule. But I think when the crowd starts baying and and I think even the um, one 0 down. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely not, agree. But not, Sheff- it's not a head injury. It's not Sheff- legs not hanging United- off. Yeah, Sheffield United players were sort of, you know, gesticulating from the to kick it out. Um, I know Dad is always going to do that, isn't he? And I, I felt with the ref yesterday, it, it was frustrating. And, and you yeah, know, the, 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 the fans were getting annoyed at the ref for booking the players for kicking the ball away. And, and I took rounds around to one guy, didn't I? And sort of said, but he's, he's right to do it. The only thing was a couple of times the, the Sheffield United players did it and he didn't. Yeah, it. so gotta that, be, that I be think be that's cool. where the, yeah, that's where the frustration grew. But yeah, I mean, the, the the goal Brewster just seemed to be unmarked almost, didn't he? And was able to sort of turn, um, fired a shot which which Benz had no chance. But I've not I've not watched it back, um, but real time looking at it, I just couldn't believe how much space. It might have been been
2: four players, but it was four or five, and they were all just bunched together in a square. None of them picking up the guy who passed to Brewster, and he's just turned at time to turn shoot, and it was coming, James. It was clearly coming, (laughs) wasn't it? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just it's it's just the volume of pressure and defenders constantly. I mean, to go back to the midfield as a, a, a as your defender, if you just constantly got Gibbs White and McGoldrick running at you you're just naturally losing your structure because you've just been moved everywhere. Um, And and the goal came, I think it was a ball that was intended an inside pass. I think it was Stevens overlapping Scott just about got a leg to it. And then it came out and then I can't can't remember. Was it Gibbs white who played the pass into um Brewster, I can't remember if I'm passing Brewster. I can't but yeah. anyway, they were all drawn to that player, even Callas as well, as he as he made. If you look, he makes a movement to the right, which then opens up a little bit more space for Brewster, and then he can't get back across. Um, and and there you go. So it's just an accumulation of pressure, just moving people out of place. And that's where the possession thing comes into as well, because when you have the ball and when you when when you're using the ball smartly and, and with threat, you are moving defenders, and it might not work. For 10 minutes it might not work for 20 minutes but there's a lot of concentration needed on the opposition and a lot of effort as well to constantly be chasing these balls in behind these balls down the channel uh people dribbling at you that eventually a space is going to open and, and and that's what happened with Brewster and just just to go back on the 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 time wasting if you like or the mm-hmm. but, but there's almost like it's sort of a, a, a paradox that because you say about O'Dowda and, and the nastiness, but ultimately. The time-wasting thing was was clear. It was a clear sort of tactic of gamesmanship by City. They were clearly told. I'm a bit annoyed I didn't ask Nigel after the game about this, actually. But they, they were clearly told, slow it down. Just slow it down as much as you can. And I think the bookings, as I put in a piece this morning, I actually think the bookings were a result of how long they were taking over throw-ins. Mm. And The crowd were moaning something. Chronic Heckingbottom got up and had a. He, he had his arms out a few times. Viner got warned. How long he was taking at throw-ins, and it just all fed into this idea of City slowing it down, slowing it down, frustrating the crowd. Um, and then I, I didn't. Just think, I
2: didn't pick up on that. I mean, I uh, at home at yeah. the Calas throw-ins, I could understand it, but you know, it I was, didn't it pick up all, on it as much.
1: It was all throw-ins, just not not just the Calas long ones that he had a few, didn't he? But not many. Mm. But it was just regulation throw-ins on halfway. They just were taking that extra bit. Even Bentley with a couple of goal kicks, they moaned about. Yeah, it was, and it just okay. felt that they were getting at the referee that he wasn't penalising for that. Which because so, obviously sometimes with those, it's hard to quantify how long they're taking. But when someone kicks a ball away, well, you know that's an offence, so yeah. you can punish that immediately. So it just felt it was a kind of a result of that. But with the time wasting, for me, it felt a bit like. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. And yes, you do want to slow them down, but it sort of it almost indicates a lack of confidence in your own of what you're capable of yeah. doing and how you're capable of influencing the game.
0: Yeah, I'm completely agree. That's
1: aggressive. what it spoke to me at that stage of the game. Anyway, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I also think our throw-ins are because we don't have the movement and and our players. I mean, the number of times Viner yesterday is looking who's demanding the ball. Well, I mean, yeah, it's that that phrase in it, and and yeah. pe- people talk about the. Um, I don't know, almost junior football-like of just playing the ball up the line, which is what we seem to constantly do with our throw-ins. We never seem to have a midfielder that makes the run or the person taking it that is aware enough of where the space is to throw it, which again, for me, coaching tactics. Um, so you might be right, there might have been a deliberate you know, you know rationale to slowing it down, but okay. I still... Th- thought it was pathetic.
2: Cool. The the halftime summary uh, from Rob. Dreadful, awful to watch. No attempt or no confidence to play any football, just lumping it into areas in the hope that something might fall our way. Yet we've seldom won any first ball and pretty much lost every second ball. Callas throws are pointless, loopy and not even reaching the first man. Every which way we are giving up the ball far too easily and added to the fact our defending has been shaky. No surprise we are losing albeit to a very average side this is not what i want to be watching for the team i support i dread to think what three years of these tactics tactics will reduce the fare we watch too so uh yeah quite quite That's cutting from read
1: Rob. that that is a tough read that Pat. Yeah, you, you try, try reading it sorts.
2: you try reading it like this as well <laughs> no, i know what you mean
1: no but you must have been in all sorts of pain to to have written that
2: well, Rob is, it? Rob, is Rob. In, yeah. Rob is in Rob is in pain um yeah. yeah i'll come we'll come back to that at the end we had we had a little bit of a, a survey in our whatsapp group and'll I'll give the results of that at the end um not like the survey we had on Twitter Matt but on the I way was home
0: so are you going to give both survey results yeah what are we up to today well so we had a
2: bit of a debate on the way home in the car just for a, for a <laughs> bit of light light refreshment and the fact we were all going a little bit mental and it was big Mac versus whopper. Um, uh, so James will be coming to you in a second for your choice on that, but the, there's about, um, four hours left and it's currently in the favor of the big Macs, 56 to oh, 44 still
1: hovering around that. Yeah. Figure. So yeah. Matt
2: and Paul in the car were very much big Macs, and I'm very much whopper James. I'm
1: vegetarian
0: lads. <laughs> yes. There you go. Philly <laughs> of fish. No, okay. oh dear. Yeah. Okay. I
1: mean, I, what I will say what well, say I did actually have a Burger King. I one some like.
2: Well, Burger vegan. King, McDonald's, then that'll do. Right, Whopper it is.
1: Yeah, I'd say. Well, Burger King. I'd say in terms of like general level of quality, because I don't know about you, but like when I, 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 I ain't me when I was a kid in that, but. Mm. For me, and I don't know if because I'm old and you realize the sort of stuff it does to your body, but McDonald's food seems to have declined in quality since I was a kid. It seems that, to have de- yeah. it, was a, it was a lowish bar anyway, but it seems to got a lot worse. However, so I will say in terms of general levels of quality, I would say I've always been Burger King burgers, but McDonald's fries always tend to tend to, tend to yeah. nick it in that regard.
2: Interesting. Okay, let's get back to the football. I think that's yeah. probably best.
1: Right. Second half minutes,
2: 45 to 60, Baker down and out of the game. He went down really, really awkwardly. Uh, Massive props to Andrew Proctor for the way that he reacted, ran on the pitch, dropped all his bag and everything. He just wanted to get to Baker because he seemed to sort of lock up in that sort of position that you could clearly see he was... In a lot of distress and and probably knocked out. Um so that was really the that 15 minute spell. Uh James, I don't know if you've got any update or you might have had a better angle for us to actually see what
1: happened. Funnily enough, I because the passage of because it was so obviously the header was one, so I look I followed the the because then it, it was a big everything it was bashing wasn't it basham yeah. again. Winning a header again, he does bash, And it went he? up, yeah. Um, and it was it was a big header downfield, so I followed that, and then I heard the crowd to my left alert the referee. And like when the crowd, when the when the home or the opposition crowd, that, yeah. you know, it's a bad one. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked down and I saw, and I I thought it was Chris Martin because just naturally, I so think we man. thought
0: it was Callas, didn't we, to start with? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we and sure, I was yeah. a bit
1: puzzled at first as the why Bakes was making that header there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it, it was
0: in our attacking third, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the
1: header. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, yeah. So, it, but, and then obviously it soon transpired. Um, it was him. So I can't really offer any, any insight into the actual incident. Um, the only thing was like, the players seemed to be okay about it, which yeah. fairly quickly. So mm. that indicated it wasn't, you know, as, yeah. as worrying. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a real, obviously, understandably so. And, and it's great. For the medical stuff, they have to be absolutely, almost expect the worst. You know, the, the, once upon a time, football was quite sort of laissez-faire about this sort of thing. Um, now they treat it with the utmost um, sort of seriousness. So that, that that's obviously a really good thing. Um, and the fact he was he was discharged relatively quickly from hospital. Um, City, City, they're not really offering um <clears throat> any update at the moment so it's probably not unless the club the club might put out
2: a do you know later, if there's but- any either of you do you know if there's any rules if you get two concussions in the space of three four weeks that it's a longer layoff the second time around
1: that's a very good question and perhaps one i may try and investigate yeah. later okay. this afternoon i, I, I don't know yeah yeah so, I, sorry sense. i don't know i don't know but it, it, it it's worrying i mean it's worrying yeah. is it, it's just i mean just for him as as a as a human being Well, he might have to wear um, one
2: of those you know peter check style, style you know um headguards yeah. head for for the rest of the season you know, when he comes back. So all the very best to, to Nathan Baker. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I say, massive props to not only Andrew Proctor, but, uh, the, the rest of the team and also the team on uh, at Sheffield as well. Yes. The, um, yeah, sort of the, the ambulance stuff. crew yeah. around the edge. Uh, so you,
0: you do have to look at the patch that, that obviously his safety is the the, the primary concern and going forward. I mean, we, again, listening in on, on radio Bristol on the way back. Um, his his style. He's thirty years of age. You're unlikely to change the way that he plays. So I, I get that. But from purely from a, a football management point of view, you can't rely on Nathan Baker finishing games. That you know, I'd, I'd love to. I genuinely would love to know the statistics for how many games Nathan Baker has started and not been able to finish. Pretty much all of them through you know through through injury and a lot of them through head injuries. So you know, it's not his fault. Per se, from from that point of view, but you're almost thinking to yourself, Right, I I need I've got to have a centre half on the pitch on the bench, sorry, because I'm likely to lose Nathan Baker, and that that can't be good, and it can't be good from a partnership point of view with Calas or a defensive unit. So, it's something they really do need to look at. I don't think you can keep kind of do you think he's
2: walked under a lot of ladders?
0: I don't know. I mean, you know, I I can't. BS on this podcast. I've questioned Nathan Baker's commitment. I'm not for yesterday because clearly a head injury is completely different, but I almost feel with Nathan Baker when he goes down, you know that he's coming off. Now, I'm I'm taking the head injury ones out of the equation because that's protocol, and clearly he was in a bad way yesterday. But but something needs to be looked at in the way that he plays and, and also what we're doing as a team because you just can't rely on it and you know if you've got him Joe Williams in the starting lineup you're almost thinking I can't make subs because I might lose one of those two which just isn't a good place to be in is it
2: well with the new sub rules which James you might be able to clear out for us again yeah uh are we allowed five subs now I saw something in the week that um it was a Cardiff statement, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Around how many subs you allowed, and obviously with it being a concussion, we would have been allowed an extra one anyway. So is that does that mean we were allowed six yesterday? I, I still don't know.
1: Sorry, I don't know. You had the extra situation in the cup as well, didn't they? When they brought on an extra, yeah, one yeah, um, yeah. Okay. I'll we'll, um, um, we'll do a bit of digging. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know the answer to that. But one. Um, and,
0: and also, is the, is is a a head injury necessarily concussion? I mean, I don't know yesterday what his was. So yeah, I think he was think definitely knocked out. Know.
2: Yeah, we
1: yeah,
2: looked at Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get well but, soon. But, but just, 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 yeah, just
1: on bakes. When you say about commitment, I think that's part of the problem. I think mm. he's too committed, overcommitted. Yeah. He's he overcommits himself quite clearly. Overcommits himself. He's 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 like the he just loves the con- he's like the to you know he's like the, he's like a running back in NFL who yeah. just like loves the contact. Yeah. He Just he, and and he he's he's always wants to be first, which is great, and that makes him the defender he is. But there's a trade-off with that. And as we get to how he is in his career, you have to start, you know, there is an element of concern there.
0: Yeah. Just for him. He's got to look at it himself, hasn't he? Because it's like it's like the the strikers who drop back into midfield or the midfielders who drop back into sweepers because their legs have gone a little bit. Nathan Bacon needs to seriously look at his own way of playing because you know, yeah. There's a lot about heading the ball in the game and what that leads to in later life. Nathan Baker's injury record this season with head injuries, in particular, not good. So, yeah. okay. Um, Atkinson comes on, which is no no surprise,
2: uh, and then also during that period as well, Naki Wells comes on. So an attacking substitution, bringing off Benarus. Uh James, for you, what did the sort of formation? Did it change or was it simply Andy Weiman pushed on and, um, sorry, Andy Weiman dropping back, I should say, and Naki Wells going up top with Martin?
1: Yeah, it was pretty bold, wasn't it? And then when Antoine comes on, what was it, in about 15 minutes, sorry to jump that one in, but he, he, I mean, the thing is with 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 Nigel and, you know, he does have this sort of reputation as a pragmatist and defence first coach and it's all a bit safe and sometimes one-dimensional, but he has mixed it up with his substitutions in the second half of games um to try and win games um there's yeah. been a few i think was it the Luton one um where they, they Luton and Preston i think he, he does he does go for broke a little bit and and clearly at 1-0 and it was an absolute miracle it was only 1-0 to yeah, finish nice. I mean i just have no idea it was only one and that taps into what you're saying about the Sheffield United fans that they just don't have they don't they perhaps don't have the cutting edge that their build up play warrants but or deserves but you know, it, it, so before so Atkinson comes on, and then Wells came on, he had a big chat with Viman about his role. But then it looked like Scott was tucked in a bit more centrally, especially when Antoine came as well. Scott moved into midfield because um, mm. obviously then you know Backinson comes off. But yeah, it was it was just it was obviously more attack focused and and trying to make the most of the space in behind because Sheffield United were playing a bit of a high line because of their. Prof- the amount of possession they were getting, they were naturally yeah. moving up the field in tandem with that. So there was greater space behind and obviously Wells, Wells can do what Martin can't in that regard. And there was that chance, wasn't there? And I don't know if you yeah, got yeah. to that. Yeah. We'll come on to that. So, sorry, I'll stop a good there. Segue. A good segue.
2: A good segue. Yeah. James, you're great at these segues. <laughs> 60 to 70 minutes. So Martin sets Vyman off and it, it had shades for me of QPR away when Wells was set off and finished really well. So, in my head, that's what I was expecting. That's not what we got. Um, he sort of takes it on a little bit too far, gets closed down, um, and cuts it inside to Backinson, who does get his shot away. And again, there was visions of Backinson firing it into the top corner like he did it last season, uh, a couple of times, in fact. But it's a shot on target, and the keeper gathers it fairly easily, Matt.
0: Yeah, I- I genuinely thought Andy Vyman should have been going for it. And, and in those conditions, and we've had him recently in, in um, wet conditions, we just don't seem to want to take a chance. We don't seem to want to drive the ball on the ground and force the keeper into a difficult save. And I, I genuinely felt that at that stage, Vyman should have just gone for it, put his foot through it, um, and tried to keep it low and, and gone from there. And, and it ended up, yes, okay, Tyreek had a shot, but it was comfortable, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, and, and in fairness to Tyreek, it, it would have been a worldie to have scored from there with the, the way the passage of play sort of went. So, yeah, I was disappointed with Andy Vyman with that one, I've got to be honest. Okay. And people are thinking, I don't know if it was you or Paul, sort of said, or oh, maybe it's a confidence thing. He should have been in that game yesterday, scoring a hat-trick. That should know. be his best, his best yeah, ground, shouldn't it? exactly. He should have that picture in his mind. I mean, there's always a the thing about golf that you play certain holes in, mm. you always play a hole well or you always play a hole badly. I'm sure it's the same with footballers at football grounds. And I just felt... Yeah, for, for me, I you know, I, th- I think Viman should have taken a shot on there. Of course, it could very well have been our rather bright schnoods that um, caught Andy Vyman out as well, Patch, to be fair.
2: Absolutely. And blimey, did they come in useful. I'll tell um, you what,
0: very, very, very warm. Yeah, and <laughs> absolutely. lots of nice comments and uh, people yeah. asking where they can be purchased. So, yeah. yeah,
2: more orders coming through. Uh, okay, 70 to 80. Uh, Backinson comes off, Semenyo comes on, uh, James you've already mentioned that, uh, and Atkinson I've got here gave the ball away really cheaply, I can't remember the specific incident Matt maybe you can, but um, I, it must have must have been a pretty cheap giveaway for me to make a note of it
0: I can't remember it to be fair, um, he, he didn't look um, the confident player that we've seen in the early stages of the season did he, but it's always difficult coming into a game like that I think um, so yeah i'm not i'm not going to be too critical of him there
2: okay 80 to 90 two chances wells breaks forward doesn't shoot again he's sort of coming down his left but he tries to toe poke it across to Weimann, and Weimann doesn't get there uh, it was a strange another strange sequence of events that i that i couldn't quite fathom Matt. <sighs>
0: It, I mean, it, it looked a fairly straightforward left-footed pass across the box. Anything hit with pace, and I'm not going to say Vyman scores, but he's one-on-one with the keeper in the penalty area. Um, mm. And if it you know, goes back to James's point about the head injury. You only had to look at the player's reaction and um, Vyman and Wells' reaction to know what a great chance that was. Yeah, Calum O'Dowder fed by some menu Crosses and the defender
2: deals with it. Billy Sharp, obviously we know what he's capable of he scores in the 89th minute. It's Masengo and Callum not picking up the runner who gets the cross crossing. in. Atkinson too slow and Viner not close enough to Sharp, who, as I said, is always going to score. James, how did you see that? Uh, that second goal,
1: uh, just a, there was a real sense of inevitability about it, wasn't it? And it, just a, a surprise. I, mean, I guess without the Baker delay, it would have been earlier in the game, but remarkable that it occurred in the 89th minute really um over the balance of play but go but on the wells chart or the wells to weiman chance that you, you you spoke about there that that was an example of where the decision the manager made the bold decision the manager makes to to try and open things yep. up by playing more attacking you get that and yeah he he can't Put himself on the field, although as a player, I don't think he would have been much use in that position anyway, but yeah. he can't put himself on the field to get the players to take advantage of those opportunities that have clearly been created about the change of shape to try and take advantage of Sheffield United's high line. And again, they take that one, and I know, look, don't be me wrong, they didn't deserve anything out of the game. But if, the, if, the, if they take that one, you get into a QPR mm. situation, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. So yeah. there were... Bits and pieces there that could have, would have and all that. But obviously okay. when you talk about the balance and then the second goal comes and Nigel said that he looked at the Sheffield United players and they looked genuinely relieved to have scored the second because mm. they were concerned they could get caught on the counter with a bit of a sucker punch, um, which I guess is a, a sort of a small way of him complimenting his team as, yeah. as best he can. But yeah, it, it, again, that goal had, had had a feeling of like the first one, just pressure, pressure, pressure. It alters decision making, stops defenders making the right ones, or makes defenders want to try a bit too hard to then stop the next one. So they just they just they just they just yeah, they just a step here the wrong way. And then to go back to Rob Atkinson, it's a bit like you say, into a game like that where they're being totally dominated, yeah, yeah. down the side where he's got Gibbs White running at him all it the time. It was
0: superb, yeah.
1: Brutal. And we
2: know he's quick.
0: We know Atkinson's quick. So it was again uncharacteristic.
1: But
2: you've um,
0: also got the fact it's Billy Sharp. So you you know, as as a defender, yeah, we've all you've all played football at a level that you've played against players that you've gone, oh Crikey, he knows where the back of the net is. Well, just
2: before that he scored he he tried an overhead kick, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So so that that
0: that kind of comes into it. And and James is absolutely right. You know, the the change that Pearson made opened it up and we, we had the opportunities. And, you know, Nigel kind of referenced it himself, but it doesn't detract from the fact that from a spectacle, it wasn't very good. And yes, we could have come out of something. I'm not even sure that a 1-1 draw yesterday leaves me feeling any different than I did after the defeat um, because it, it just wasn't, wasn't entertaining. And as I say, when you're getting up in the early hours um, and travelling that sort of distance to see that kind of performance, it just mm. isn't good enough.
2: No. In the 12 minutes of injury time, City didn't really threaten. There was a Scott corner that was uh, sort of landed at the near post and Chris Martin tries some sort of Flicky back heel and it goes about sort of five. You yards were particularly
0: wide. frustrated at that one, Pat. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I think I had, had enough at that point. I might have took my snood off and thrown it on the pit. No
1: one wants no one wants a flicky back heel at that stage of the game,
2: do they? <laughs> Yeah. No, I'll I, yeah, we'll move on from that quite quickly. Um okay, Matt, let's get on to the ratings. Uh we yep. we calibrated these on the way home, the three of us. So um we'll go through this is our our collective thoughts, and James, uh feel free to challenge. We go we go over ratings. System of six is the expected performance. So uh, over to you, Matt.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I'm, I am going to caveat this with um, when we were talking about it. It was uh, uh, in in the car in very snowy conditions. I was knackered, um, so there's a there's a little bit of emotion in there. And I I, I genuinely think we're fairly generous with with our ratings. Um, you know, we're we're not a podcast that that looks to dig players out and and um, a kind of overcritical, but um, I've uh, looked at one. These- one. I've, look- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've looked at these again this morning, and uh, when I sort of put the the, the column in last night, and I thought, oh, maybe, but still. So we went that Dan Bentley with a six again. It's a 2 a 2-0 defeat. Um, I could talk about his distribution. We could talk about the booking, but he also made a couple of really good saves that kept the score down. So. You know, you're expecting your keeper to make saves, but I thought they were a couple of good ones. So we we, we gave him the the benefit, if you like, and said six. Um, this is where it's a really difficult one um, because I I love Alex Scott as a player. He isn't a right wing back. He's doing a job for us, um, and I think in each of the games he's been badly exposed at times that could easily have led to to goals. So it's very difficult on that front. But I went we we went three. Um, for Alex, because it just wasn't a very good performance, and I'm not, I'm not questioning his ability, his attitude. He's a young lad being played in a position that's just not suited to him. is is my you know well my view and our view. Um, the defensive three, we went six for Thomas Callas because I thought he was chucking his body at absolutely everything like he, he has done. Uh, it, it was actually more like the old Thomas Callas with that, very determined to keep the ball out. We went six for Thomas and two fives for for Zach and Nathan. They could possibly have been two two sixes as well. But I thought Zach a couple of times got caught the the McAldrick chance that you talked about. um, You know you've got to know if you're if you're a centre half you've got to know that there's a a man going to be coming over and you put your your body in a position that doesn't allow him to get over the top. So yeah we went we went two fives there. Callum we went four. couple of moments with Callum where he, he did kind of get in but he, he wasn't as anywhere near influential as he has been in, in the last couple of games certainly and then the midfield three then if you like of, of Tyreek Ayman and, and Han Noah we went threes for all of them because it just was a really really poor midfield performance um, there, there just wasn't too much positive that I could say for any of them um, the only one again is, is Ayman tries but he, he, he looked well they, they they looked like three players who were playing against quality championship old heads who knew how to move the ball around, knew, knew what to do. And then up front, we went two threes as well. So there's a bit of a theme there. Um, but I felt, again, that the forwards, they had, we had a header with with Chris Martin, but the the ball kept coming back. The, the passage of play, that one moment where the two of them broke and the the delay passed, and Martin's then offside just summed it up for me. I think um, there's a there's a little bit of how far we travelled,
2: the conditions, hundred percent in yeah. in that as well, and that the the disappointment yeah. is exemplified in that.
0: Yeah, it it, it is, but and, and but I think we've we've had a number of people say to us as well, haven't we? they, they don't know where they, we got the scores from in, and we do try and look for the positives. I would say generally, but on that one, I just couldn't. You know, they weren't fives. It it was poor performances. Maybe those threes are harsh and it probably was fours. Um, but yeah, that was just where it felt. And and then for Nige, um, it was a three as well because he changed it and I agree with James there, but I am fed up of watching the constant hoof ball. Um, I'm fed up of our lack of possession in what we do when we get the ball. Um, and for me, that comes, as I say, comes down to coaching. Yes, the players have got a responsibility. But you can easily say, Dan Bentley, I don't want you kicking the ball. I don't want Dan Bentley taking our free kicks in our defensive third and launching it. Um, you know, I just don't want to see that. So, yeah. So, I, as I say, I, th- I think they probably are harsh, but that was where I was. Let's <laughs> bring, bring, we
2: bring James into the conversation. James, we've seen your ratings that were slightly inflated, but not massively different.
1: Yeah, well, so mine are always I tried as close to full time as as is sort of humanly possible in the uh, in the circumstances. But it, it they are all similar to Matt. Matt's just add one. So I, my yeah. so basically I had Dan was a six. I gave Zach a six. Thomas a seven, um, possibly a six because on reflection he was maybe a bit more culpable for the uh, the first goal than I thought initially. Mm. Uh, Nathan Baker got a six, Callum got a five, Tyreek got a four. I gave Hanover a five just because he stayed on the pitch and because yeah. in that final fifteen minutes, him and Alex Scott in midfield on their own, I mean it's just like you'd almost have you have to give him a slight bit of credit for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I gave the front two fours, but on Alex Scott, I actually get I think I do I give him a five or a six. I can't remember. I actually didn't think because with the context of what he's being asked to do. And I actually think he made a couple of notable interceptions, particularly in the first half when they were, there were two V ones down the left. And it was basically, it was just, it was curtains had, had, had had the pass got through. So I, I gave him a little bit of a higher rating and I hope that doesn't make you fit. You guys feel guilty. No. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, because I, I don't have, you know, bit of an admission here. I don't obviously have the same levels of emotion invested yeah. in it as you guys. Yeah. So I, I do kind of try and see it. Also,
2: you know, we know what they're capable of. I'm just looking at yeah. the average ratings over the last three podcasts, 6.5, 6.9, and now we're down to four. So that's, that's the frustrating part. And you know, we, was, know, yeah. we, was,
1: we know what was. they're
2: capable of and we're not saying they're a bad player. We just, they didn't, they didn't show up on, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I don't. And to be honest, I don't think that them as them as professionals and just people who in, people who enjoy football. I don't think they could they could look at any in any scores that have been given um, constructively. Obviously, because there will be people out there chucking out zeros and ones, which is obviously ludicrous. But I, 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 you know, I don't think they could look at them and say, "Well, actually, I put in a seven out of ten performance outside yeah. of perhaps Thomas Callis." Okay. Um, All yeah, right, so um, think-
2: yeah, okay. Let's have a look at some uh, some comments that we had through yesterday. So, um another disjointed Dean Allen, another disjointed and disappointing display by Bristol City at Bramall Lane. I wish Nathan Baker all the best after a worrying injury. The best we can hope for this season is survival and another overhaul of a squad that is clearly not good enough. Uh, Chris uh, marking for both goals was abysmal. Backinson looked like he didn't even want to be out there. Defensively, he is so lazy. Scott is wasted at wingback. Semenyo was the only player to come out with any credit for me. Well beaten. Ollie Stubbins, who is a a, a Sheffield United fan, I believe. Concerning performance. Uh, not seen any team come to Bramall Lane this season and not pose a real threat. Semenyo looked lively as a sub. Wish Baker well looked a bad one, good luck for the season. So an interesting um, you know comment there. Lots of people saying poor sods <laughs> when I yeah. posted the video of our journey home, uh, safe journey homes, etc. Um, so yeah, plenty, plenty of comments. Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Um, I did talk about a poll before we discussed the, uh, the, the, the big Mac versus the Whopper, um, in our WhatsApp group, it was a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down in terms of thumbs up. Nigel gets to stay until January has a transfer window and then re- reassess or thumbs down. We give someone else a chance in January was the sort of crux of it. And it was, it was 55 give Nigel a chance to say in January 45 um no. So it's it's teetering on the balance Matt, isn't it now?
0: Yeah, it is. And and you know it's it's very easy to say about the quality of players that we've got and but you know they we got rid of quality as well in, in Patterson and in Smith in and some of that I'm sure a lot of that was down to wages and stuff. But I still go by the fact that I think there are there are better players than we're seeing at the moment um, and some of the tactics that we're employing just for me um, we're, we're just not playing to our strengths whatever those strengths are so you know I'm, we, we've been very pro Nigel Pearson all the way through but of late what I'm watching yesterday I was bored um, and it just wasn't an enjoyable watch.
2: So I, I'm, I'm in the, the, keep giving him a chance for January camp because I think that he, we started out knowing this was a three year plan. Um, it was, uh, consolidate probably just below the bottom half, you know, the, just below the the midpoint I should say is where I, where I expect us to finish. And I, and I still do obviously Joe Williams is a is a big loss and he's clear that he is the puppeteer that we need in the midfield and for the rest of the team um it's january is is the is the month but can we make any sign-ins you know I, i've said at the start of the season after watching jamal Matt, at Forest Green Rovers, he's the type of player we need. He scored two yesterday against Bristol Rovers, so he's gone up even further in our estimations. But uh, for me, that's the sort of player. And you know, the guy who came on the radio Matt and said about Michael Smith and Matt Smith. So any yeah. any Smith will do. Any
0: Smith will do. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Smith Rowe maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, your your thoughts, James, on what could potentially happen in January?
1: I'll tell you. I'll tell you one striker they could buy in January go on johnson clark harris okay is he is he playing at peterborough is he doing well uh he's he's very much fallen out of favor oh yeah. um, okay. i believe there's been some uh, friction between him and uh darren ferguson and i think peterborough would quite happily take a fee for him um whether or not i but then but then i wonder if he presses enough for yeah. uh for Nigel, that's that, that's that's the problem. That'd be, a, that'd I would be an say. interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it would be.
2: I mean, it would be it would be snake, a fun snake v two.
1: Yeah, it would be a fun one. Um, sorry to any Rovers fans who, uh, for yeah, some they, reason, be um, decide to watch this podcast, but yeah. um, they won't find it fun. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's won, and, and look, in many ways, he ticks a lot of boxes in terms of what they need. Um, but there one. has been there has been an indication that perhaps plans to buy players in summer will be plans to buy players in January. January yeah and and perhaps you could look at it and the, I believe the accounts are out soon mm. um so so that's going to sort of paint a grim reality of the finances but if there is money to spend that might be able to do it in what is a very sort of depressed transfer market there may be yeah. there may be options if you are a buying club to sure. to get players in because clubs are so desperate to sell.
2: Okay. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, We've run out of time, but um thank you so much, James, for joining us. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. And, yeah. uh, great work. Keep keep it up, and and we'll have you back on soon, mate. Thanks for joining us. And Matt, thanks,
0: once James. again,
2: thanks for nav- navigating us home safely yesterday, no and uh, everyone listening, we'll be back again soon. Don't forget to yeah. like us on at 3PIAPC on Twitter, and we'll go back soon.
0: Take care, everyone. Cheers. Take care, guys. Bye. And burn and the wheels keep spinning.